This is the Down to South London podcast, where experienced investor Jeroen Hopper talks to real investors south of the river. Lots of people say that you can't make good investments in London. Jeroen will talk to real people who are. Uh, hi, everyone. This is Jeroen from Down to South London. I'm here today with Julian Alex, and we've just done a site tour, uh, their development over in West Norwood, where they're turning a one-bedroom Victorian maisonette into a two-bedroom property by means of adding a rear extension. So really nice development here. I've had a look around, and you'll probably have seen the videos on social media as well, where I do the walk around. And we're here to do the, uh, the interview, just talk to them about their journey and how they transitioned from uh, their full-time employment to investors. So uh, take it away. Here's Julie and Alex. What I'd like to ask first is what prompted you to invest in South London? Well, what can we say? Well, when we bought our first flat, no, well, we always were like uh, renting and we always saw that uh, we are paying the mortgage of somebody else's mm-hmm. houses and we, we, will, we, will, we will never be like happy with that so and then we mm. we bought our first flat in Clapham yeah in 2012. So 2012 when the I guess the boom of the properties was high and everything so mm. and then we we remortgaged and then when we knew we released quite a lot of equity <laughs> exactly quite a lot of equity and then we released the equity from that flat we bought another flat in Clapham as well we moved to the flat and we rent for a couple of months, no? A year. A year, yeah. yeah. A year, the first flat, and it was a very good deal as well in rent. So when we moved to the next flat, we knew what can we do with the release and uh, equity and all the stuff. We, well, at the end we decided to sell the, f- the, the first flat, the first project, because it was a one-bed flat, and we knew that it was at the top at the top of well for us we thought that it was at the top of the of the market of so the market, so yeah back in 2015 obviously property prices were really high mm-hmm. and basically the value of the flat this flat was like doubled so we decided to sell it and then obviously be able to carry on and we bought another property uh with uh, with the money the money we released from the sale and then yeah carried on remortgage and bought this one and then this is what we're going to be carrying on over and over hopefully that that's awesome yeah mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking about releasing an equity. Do you think you were mainly reliant upon the market increasing or do you feel that you've created that value and would you have been as successful in a static market? So even if the market is quite static, by redoing the layout, managing the layout much better, we're still able to add a huge amount of value above all in London. I think that's really the, the place. You just need to be clever in your purchase. Buying at the right price is obviously extremely key. Buying the lowest possible, obviously, and then uh, try to have an idea since the very outset of what we can do with this property. And this is what, exactly what happened with this flat. We put an offer in, we talked already to the freeholder, and that was at a very, very sta- early stage because we, we wanted to know what he thought. If he was going to say, no, 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 I don't want to touch the back, we might not have gone for this flat. Absolutely. So what do you think for you is the best way to add value to a property? You need to look at the space and see whether there is anything can be done. So sometimes you walk in a place and you're like, okay, well, the layout is optimized. I can't add any value. You just need to find the properties. So obviously you need to attend a lot of viewings. You need to go around. You need to know your area. And you need to to be able to find the the little jewels. Um, And this was for us is a little jewel. And you just need to to really find the right one. To find the right one, you need to see a lot. 
So uh, we are out in we, viewings. Uh, we are over the southwest lo looking for properties. Thousand uh, every day, every night we, we always go and look for properties, and we can see that there is a lot of properties around there that we can really you can optimize pri uh, pl uh, places, and you can do a really nice place for someone to live. And we love the southwest, and it's a really nice area for us. That's great. It's good to see that you've developed a passion for Southwest yeah. just by living in the place yourself. I mean, uh, I used to live on the Clapham-Brixton borders, and uh, I, well, I used to say it was Clapham because it was closer to Clapham North Tube than it was to Brixton. But hey, it's more fashionable to say Brixton now. It is technically an SW2 <laughs> postcode, so so yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. But in terms of optimization, there's obviously the cost element of it as well. So with any investment, you're looking at okay, yeah, I can I can put my love in to this property, I can optimize the layout, I can do all this, but you fall into that trap of loving property so much that you end up spending more than someone else is willing to pay for it. So ultimately you overspend. How do you, A, stop yourself from overspending, getting too excited? Do you have a, and that leads me into my second question, do you have a sort of set metric of return that you look for for a project? Um, so we have obviously our spreadsheet where we put our, our analysis in how much obviously mortgage you need, how much uh, how much you're going to spend on the project. So we've, now we've done three, four projects. We know more or less how much cost a, re a refurb for obviously a flat like this or a three bed house or a two bed flat. So we know how it works. We know when one needs to be done. We have experience now. So what is a so we have all uh, obviously our spreadsheet. We have our mortgage advisors, and in order to well, this is the way we manage it. Yeah, the fact that we have already uh, experience, mm -hmm. that means that we know how to cost the project. If an price for us, this is extremely, extremely key. So you need to find a vendor that is really keen on, on selling, that is desperate to some extent. And, you know, you, obviously you come with experience with, as a developer and they want to sell it to you because they know that you're going to go through. You're not like a first time buyer that might change his mind at some point. And so at some point the builders as well, you have to really, really try to find a good builder that can give you a really good quotation that say, that's what you want to spend and keep at this price and with a very good standards that you can really please the, the tenants or whoever going to live in the place. And yeah, so that, that's just, we, we always are behind that, looking that the builders, they give us a real quotation that we cannot be exposed to pay more for what they have given us. It's about the, the power team, the power, really. The power team, exactly. Power team. So the power team you use to control the costs and things, you've got your spreadsheet to uh, to work out how much money you're going to make. And what, what sort of, do you target a certain figure for each development that you do? Do you have in mind like, oh, I, I want to make 30 grand in six months, or is it percentage of the money that you're investing? How, how do you how do you measure that? So uh, the properties that we have bought so far is between the 300 and 500 mark, the 300 and 500K mark. So... Um, in order to make it work, we more or less want to add value that will add a value of probably 80k, 80 to 100, because obviously that means that if the market dips a bit, a little bit, you will still make 50k. Mm -hmm. So this is really the, the kind of figure we are we are looking at. And obviously, when we remortgage, we want to take as much money out as possible. Sometimes, um, so I think in all the projects that we've done, we've taken the whole we deposit out yeah, uh, of the property. There is obviously cost about like legal fees and stuff like that that probably remains uh, with the property. But then usually the deposit is coming back out at the end of the project. Yeah, exactly. And here in London, you know, you, you cannot get all the money out for a property. You always have to leave some percentage in there and be able to... Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I'm with you on that one, and, and I've been stung on that one in the past where I, I've had some down valuations in 2018, 
have you uh, your strategy is it mainly to buy refurbish and refinance yeah yeah definitely buy refurbish refinance absolutely we want to keep the properties uh, we have developed a bit of you know with the the properties that we have we have a re an amazing relationship with the tenants um and we have lived in horrendous property ourselves when early on when we were young and we want to create a really nice space for the tenants to live in that's really really something that we are um we are passionate about and um Basically, we want the pro people to enjoy living there. That means that you have no turnover of tenants. So we have our tenants have been there for like three years. And yeah, we just renewed the contract yeah. yesterday because they just say, well, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah no exactly. Problem. Yeah, that's, that's the good thing. When every time we have a communication with them and they say, hey, guys, you know what? The contract is at the end. So we would like to extend it as for one year, two years now because we normally do every six months. And now they just calling us and say, hey, we can extend it for two or three years because we really like the price and everything about this. Yeah, so we, we come we come to we see... So yeah, we come like family with our tenants. <laughs> yeah, we get in contact with them every day. No, like, no, well, not every day. Well, some like very often to so say, to know how they feel, yeah. how, if they have any problems or anything. And sometimes they have problems, but they don't want to see it. They don't want to tell us. <laughs> yeah, you get that sometimes, don't you? I mean, I make a point of texting the tenants now and again, just say, look, I hope you're enjoying the place. Yeah. Are there any repairs and that sort of thing? And more often than not, I, you know, I don't get anything back. I, I just think they think I'm weird or something. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like yesterday, I had a call. At, it was probably 7 o'clock from, from a tenant. Well, it was a text, actually. She said, oh, I've got a leak under my uh, my kitchen sink, Hell Pepper. And I, I couldn't do anything at the time because I was out and it was past 7. So you're not going to get a hold of yeah. anyone um, on a bank holiday uh, or, or Friday before a bank holiday, rather. And I just sent her a quick voice note to say, look, I'll get on it tomorrow. I'm really sorry. Just don't use the sink, you know because <laughs> you'll flood downstairs and she texts me back saying oh thank you very much oh there's such a quick reply and i think well it's only it's only courteous but it just goes to show that you know the things that you you and i are doing they're not normal in landlord world you know and and i don't feel that's going the extra mile i just think that's you know being the landlord that i would want to rent from you know yeah. that's um it, it's not rocket science to be a good landlord you look after the property and guess what the tenants will look after it as well you know show pride exactly. um, pride exactly. in your exactly. property exactly. development yeah. i guess yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, tell me about your journey from your normal work i mean uh, tell, tell us about your your background and how you've sort of transitioned into property investment full-time um well we we are not full-time, we are part-time uh, property developers. Um, so I work in the corporate world and Alex does as well. And uh, basically, you know, you're working for someone else, uh, you're making money for someone else. I work in procurement, so I buy a lot of products and I save a lot of money to the company. Oh, that's useful. Yeah, I save a lot of money for them, but however, this <laughs> doesn't go in my pocket. So, uh, and that's why we really enjoy doing those projects. So I am the one that is looking after buying the material because I will always find the best deals find the best kitchen by the best material whatever you whatever you you can do so procurement experience that i have from the corporate world is obviously helping me in the property journey and my and my size is different because i'm doing uh, facilities for a building in canary wharf so we are looking after uh, everything for a building like plumbing electricity and cleaning maintenance and everything that is related with a building so yeah and the, that's why we we probably we match together because she's in charge of doing the corporate thing <laughs> and I'm in charge of doing the building and stuff and and yeah we, we like we like what to what we do and and it's excited I guess. <laughs> yeah. So um at some point obviously both of us 
one of us will kind of retire from corporate world and be able to dedicate the, the time uh, entirely to property development. And at some point, the other one uh, will be able to, to do the same thing. So it's going to be by, you know, and it's a bit what you, what you, what the strategy is with uh, property. It's a long-term strategy. So you need to look at long-term. Okay, what is my aim? In the next two years, I want to you know, quit my job. Um, so how can I scale it so that this happens actually in, a, in, you know, in real terms? Well, that's really fascinating. So you are still in that transition period from corporate world to uh, full-time investing. Uh, you've obviously got your sights set on becoming full-time. And uh, how, how are you measuring uh, your journey? So are you looking at achieving a certain rental income before you're able to give up the job completely? Yes, definitely. Um, so income is obviously uh, very, very, very important. And in the few properties that we have, we are nearly at the stage where one of us can uh, can leave the job. Obviously, it's still quite nice to be able to have that plus the other f two full-time jobs. So mm -hmm. it's just at some point when we s scale a bit more up, we'll be able to dedicate 100% of our time uh, to the property. But yeah, we create... We're creating our future, really, uh, and our long-term plan to obviously not be working nine to five and have much more flexibility, a bit like what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit, a bit like me, swanning around, visiting sites and recording podcasts and things. But I'll, I'll, record a, I'll record a solo interview at some stage to tell you a bit more about what I do on a daily basis. But today's all about you. So how have you, uh, what, what challenges have you found during this project? I would say it's definitely managing managing the builder is always uh, to find the proper team. To yeah. yeah, this is a, to build a team force to work nice and good. Is is, is this is the more challenging part? Yeah. Of so we are used to doing probably internal decoration, internal alteration, where uh, we have people that we know that can do it. Now we had to find obviously someone that can deal with the structural work. And yeah, I mean yeah. it's all it's always planning, planning permission, planning permission. Was, yeah. This is the more challenging scene and. If Obviously, move walls that you had to to. It's a bit risky. S s yeah, you can see that are risky if you don't have a proper engineer looking at it, and yeah, it's, it's absolutely. So they say with new build, the the biggest danger is what you find when you start digging. Now you've got an extension here that we're sitting on right now, actually, and did you encounter any difficulties uh, putting the footing in and things like that? So it's actually a very good question because uh, this extension was supposed to be straight and we had to go around the sewer that was found when, it, when, we, when we dug. And this will be very complicated to cover. Thames Water will need to approve it. It's going to just make things more lengthy. So what we've decided is to go around the, the, the sewer to be able to... So it's not going to be straight. It's going to be like a, in a corner, uh, but that's where the kitchen will go. So we had to adapt a little bit our design according to obviously what we found. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just basically a cost-benefit analysis. Like how much is it going to cost to go over the sewer? You're going to involve Thames Water. There's going to exactly. be cost delays. Yes, you know, exactly. You're probably on bridging finance or mm. some sort of finance that's going to cost more. Um, so yeah, ultimately, yeah, I can see the little dip now that you've pointed out, and it's literally what 60 centimeters by by a meter. So yeah. it's not going to have a massive impact. People are going to wonder, like, oh, why didn't they go straight? But yeah, it's it's very simple. It's going to cost way more than it's going to benefit to do that. I, exactly. I completely understand. So ultimately, I think when you encounter problems, it's uh, it's a bit about problem solving and finding a solution that's cost effective. So. Yeah. 
That's really good. We've talked about the challenges of this project. How have you sort of acquired the network in order to bounce ideas off people and find builders and, and things like that? Like, you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to develop a flat. Like, where did you start? <laughs> Where do you start? It definitely starts with your network. So we found obviously a planning consultant within our network that was able to help us find an architect. Uh, so all of this is exactly what you say. It's about the, really your power team, your power network. And we utilize it as much as possible. And this is this is why it's great to be part of the Clapham uh, property network because again, we can bounce ideas. You know, we have uh, people that are doing much bigger development than we are and they can advise, okay, building control needs to be involved probably at this stage. Uh, what you need to do in terms of the planning uh, what you can do with the beams and blah, blah, blah. So all of this is really, really valuable. It's true that you create also friendships through the network. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's that's really the advantage. And also, well, about the builder. Um, I have my brother, no? I have my brother who is who is a builder. He is coming from Spain. So oh, every wow, time, okay. yeah. We fly him from Spain. <laughs> Obviously, he doesn't know about the regulations here. So he works on guys that know, but he's the main guy that do everything. He's like the management because he knows a lot. So all of these things count because you have someone that is in the side that you can trust really 100%. Mm -hmm. and he will uh, look, look after the place. Exactly. Like it's for him, like with the, bar the toilet that we were doing in this place here, he was not happy with it. He say he doesn't want to do this <laughs> and he found the solution to put it in the, under the stairs. So all those kind of stuff are really really useful and so you can see that we we fly him in from spain we trust him so he's done two projects for us obviously the structure world he cannot do so we had to hire an, ex an external company but it's very very reassuring to have him on site even if his level of english is not great you know but he's here he's a, an extra pair of eye mm -hmm. um and he's fantastic he, he's, he works like a machine really it's uh, it's brilliant yeah and he makes our life like more easier yeah. Uh, uh, when we come, his, the solution is already there, so and, and we agree with the solution. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's great. It just goes to show that uh, your network is truly your net worth. And I, I find great value in expanding uh, my network on a, on a weekly basis, personally. The other thing that I wanted to ask you was going back to your sort of journey and finding uh, resources, your network, and things like that. Uh, if, if, if you were to look at everything, the education you've had, the books you've read, the podcasts, the, the apps you've got, what, what, what are the three top resources for you that really you can't live without in your property investment? work I, I would say one of the trigger was probably uh, the book Rich Dad Poor Dad that, that was one of the yeah that comes up it's <laughs> a really good every, book everybody that are in this journey with property thing whoever has read it Rich Dad Poor Dad book is, is, is amazing it's are you an open it yeah yes I actually sent it to my nephew and he was like Oh yeah, I like this book. Yeah. I like very much. So yeah. So that's uh, that's definitely that's the first one, and we attended a few like free property events, and you can obviously start a connection there, um, and uh, and socialize with people that are are related with property things. And yeah, and, uh, and then have a good solicitors and, <laughs> and yeah. brokers. So it's try and error, obviously, yeah. with solicitor, mortgage advisor, and things like that. But um, go and read read a lot of books. Uh, Rich Apple that for us was completely eye-opener. Uh, and then there are m many, many more books that you can read. Um, your network. So when we see, for example, when we met you probably a year ago in one of your Clapham Property net, uh, networking events, kind of open your eyes to, okay, some people are doing that full-time. 
Why couldn't we? We already have experience. We're not far. We are already a, a, a step on the journey. And it's just having people around you that that are, or is exactly what Alex said, that are already in the property journey, that are maybe here to, you know, we can help each other out. You can learn from us. We can learn from you. That's, uh, that you need to be inspired. You need to surround yourself with people that can inspire you. Uh, if you are, so unfortunately, within our family and friends, most people don't have houses. They live in rented accommodation. We help them out a lot. So for example, we, you know, they find a property and we, they say, okay, this is the layout, this is where it is, and we can give advice because we've audited a, a few projects. So we are coaching people that are probably first-time buyers, and we are being coached by people that are already property developers. So it's extremely useful to kind of follow the chain. So a bit, we're a bit in the in-between. We're not, obviously, we've done a few projects. We're not a full-time property developer, but yeah, we are on a journey. We can help, help the first-time buyers. Property developers can help us. It's just trying to find a compromise between everyone, trying to give your time for people is the is the most you can do that that's great and i think goes to show that everyone's really friendly in the property community like i used to be an estate agent and it was a terrible world of stab each other in the back and whatever <laughs> and when i started investing full time and and going around the networking meetings i, I it was almost like joining a new family where everyone's very supportive and helpful and I, I, I couldn't believe it where estate agents are literally they'd sell their grandmother for a deal and it, it was terrible like looking back at it like I, I, I can't believe I got sucked into that world I think like full-time investing is so much better in the sense that everyone helps each other out and yeah okay there's a bit of friendly competition I'm sure but uh, I've I've not encountered like anything like the competition i had in agency it's uh, it's it's like joining a really big family isn't it so it's nice to be able to pass down that information as you say to first-time buyers that um that sometimes it falls on deaf ears you'll have um yes you, you know they'll go out and buy a new build or whatever and uh, you know they'll pay the developers premium but um ultimately we've got to be grateful for that because we, we produce that product don't we so so there you go Okay, so just coming back to your love of South London, you love South London because you invest here, you've lived here yourself. What's your favorite part of uh, town? What's your favorite part of South? Well, I will say uh, Battersea Park, Club and Common. Yes, that, that is the our favorite because okay. uh, Club and Common. Well, now Brixton is really coming up in uh, Brockwell Park and all this. Area. Well. I like I like every everywhere in South South You like the green spaces yeah, exactly. by the sounds. Yeah, like that, that's that's the main thing. So, so we yeah. we did uh, we did live in in Northwest London before, and it was a bit. Was a Boo bit hiss. <laughs> I know, uh, and and we hated it to be honest. It was just we just didn't like the people that were living in the area. We just uh, the the area was a bit. I don't know. It was just not green enough mm. uh, here is what you get in South London is that you have those huge park you have Clapham Corn Park Battersea Park Brockwell Park and they are fantastic park where you can obviously and this is where young professionals will go and run and things like that so this is um, just the environment is a, is a much nicer environment where um, we, as, as Alex said we love Clapham Junction Clapham Common etc but we're now going a bit further down uh, in probably zone 3 um, and Life is always is 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 still, is, is still, still really really still good really in those good, zones. Yeah, so Streatham Hill, yeah. has been booming. Uh, so we invested one uh, a house in Streatham Hill, and it's gone up in value. Um, now West Norwood is also um, a place that is going up in value. It's just developing. So people that cannot afford Clapham but see places, so just go a bit further further, further out. Still, it's still getting nice places around there as well. 
So. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that ripple effect, isn't it? Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, we don't want to create competition for ourselves, <laughs> so we, we don't want to get all the investors in the world down <laughs> no. here. But I, I think the uh, the major crux of it is that a lot of Londoners, they, they like to invest on their doorstep. And uh, the clients that I've sourced for and done projects for, they've all lived in South London. Uh, they all want local property. I mean, there's a lot to be said for investing up north. And we know people in our in our network that invest up north as well for diversification and things. But, you know, you hear it bantered around on the groups that, oh, oh, the yields are fantastic in Manchester and go up north. And, oh, there's County Durham and Sunderland and, and whatever. Um, what what made the decision for you? What sealed the decision for you to invest locally as opposed to further away? So uh, basically, so we went to those events where they say, invest up north, up north is where the future is, etc. But we don't know there. We, j we just don't know there. We know Aria, we know that the project we've done have worked. This is something that we are sure of. So why would you go somewhere that you have no idea? You might just buy in the wrong street or whatever. Uh, we prefer to stay local also. We, that means that we can stay local to our tenants. You know, we are probably half an hour right to any of the places that we, that we own. So like this, if there is any particular issue, uh, we can, you know, reach. We so also have a local exactly power exactly team. Yeah. And then uh, if you, for example, if you invest outside of your area, it does going to create more expenses because you want to have to travel there, spend more time, and probably you cannot, you will not be able, you have to rely on somebody else like agencies or something like another people. And you know that nobody will look at your place better than yourself. So Look after your place. Exactly. Yeah. So... For us, it's not a really good deal to invest away from where you live at the moment. So now that few extra percent uh, yeah. is soon eaten up by petrol money, isn't it? Exactly. When you when you oh, factor in, yeah, exactly. What else, you know? And and what what I find as well is staggering that you know people will buy a fifty thousand pound property and they'll go, oh oh, I'm, I'm getting a, a such and so percent yield, and and I'll ask them. Well, how many pounds a month are you making over the mortgage payments? And they go, oh, oh 200 pounds. But <laughs> yes, exactly. you, you think, well, one boiler breaks and that's like a year's worth of profit, isn't exactly. it? Like you pay tax on that, yeah, it's gone yeah. and you're not getting capital appreciation, whatever. Um, but I suppose you, you like this because you're building London assets and that's uh, that's valuable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Exactly. I mean, absolutely. what do you, London is the capital of the UK. It will be the capital of the year forever. Uh, it's not going to change and people will always be attracted to come here and rent here and work here and live here so um, <laughs> shortage of tenants uh, there are not absolutely not uh, and you know if you have a property in up north that sits empty for half of the year and you get you obviously have a 200 pound profit that you're supposed to be making all of this is a loss um, yeah. and looking after your property for us it's all about looking after your properties looking after your tenants um, and being there um, yeah so um that's that's exactly why we stay local. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I couldn't agree more with you, to be honest. So just to close, what is the one piece of advice that you would give to someone before they invest in South London? South London is a very nice area. One big piece of advice is uh, know your area. So you need to uh, you need to know where is the next up and coming area, depending on what your strategy is. But don't buy too expensive. It's very easy to get carried away with very expensive properties that look amazing, but you, you cannot add value to those properties. So and you need to find- Especially new properties. Mm. That's, it's a no-no for us because you cannot add, and they are already overpriced for us. They're optimized? The rent, yeah, 
Overpriced. Overpriced, yeah. And, and the rent is not that high as an older price, as an older place. And so. So one piece so of yeah. advice would be uh, know your market, and uh, absolutely, um, you know, you need to go out on, on a lot of viewings to know your market, uh, but don't buy too expensive. It's really, really crucial to find the right property. So it's true, you will go to maybe 20, 30 viewings to find your property, but this is extremely crucial to find the your jewel, basically. To find the one where the figures work for you. Exactly. And you can add value and you can make your target return. Yeah. And if it's, and ask for help as well. If you know that somebody knows a little bit more about properties, just ask them. Ask for advice and say, look, I'm buying this property, it's my first property, what do you think? Can you come and advise me if it's worth it or not? Or try to show, um, to ask them to open your eyes. Maybe you are not seeing something that a proper investor or somebody that knows more about properties can ask. tell you. Ask. ask for help. Yeah, ask mm -hmm. for help sometimes. Come to these events like uh, the U events and all this stuff. It's, it's really useful for a first time buyer as well. Brilliant, thanks. So let's uh, let's imagine a listener wants to get in touch with you and pick your brains on adding value to a Victorian Maisonette like you're doing here. Mm -hmm. How would they get in touch with you, Julie? So we are on Facebook. We have our group. It's called Pride in Property Development. And this is where we post a lot of videos about the project and everything that we're doing. So we, we are doing lives and stuff like that. So you, you can find us there. So just join the group. Uh, and also, well, get we have a website. It's called uh, pipdevelopment.com. So pipdevelopment.com. Have a look. We have some pictures of our projects. Uh, and yeah, you have a button there. Get in touch. So great stuff well Julie Alex thank you very much for appearing on the podcast I uh, look forward to um, putting this together and, and releasing it and uh, see you again soon thank you so thank much you Darren so much. it's a pleasure <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe on Stitcher SoundCloud or iTunes and please do give a five-star review to help me reach others also are you looking to invest in London why not reach out to me to see how I can help you see further information at www.yarunhopper.com